Dear Father in heaven, glory be to your name, Father, for the good things you've done for us, for our health, for provision of every basic necessity that we need, and for life. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercies. Now, dear Lord, I pray that as we go through our devotion now, with an opportunity to get acquainted with our Lord, please, Father, help us. I bring myself over to you. And I pray that as you did for Jeremiah, you do for me. Put your words in my lips. For the sake that this is an opportunity for the work of God to be done. For the work of Jesus and the cross of Calvary to have an effect as we hear your word. That we may get to know you more. Please, Father, take this opportunity and use me to speak blessings to your children. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him. January 27. A life without sin. We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. Let us consider how much it cost our Savior in the wilderness of temptation to carry on in our behalf the conflict with the wily, malignant foe. Satan knew that everything depended upon his success or failure in his attempt to overcome Christ with his manifold temptations. Satan knew that the plan of salvation would be carried out to its fulfillment, that his power would be taken away that his destruction would be certain if Christ bore the test that Adam failed to endure. The temptations of Satan were most effective in degrading human nature, for man could not stand against their powerful influence. But Christ in man's behalf, as man's representative, resting wholly upon the power of God, endured the severe conflict in order that he might be a perfect example to us. There is hope for man. The work before us is to overcome as Christ overcame. He fasted forty days and suffered the keenest pangs of hunger. Christ suffered on our account beyond our comprehension. And we should welcome trial and suffering on our account for Christ's sake that we may overcome as Christ also overcame and be exalted to the throne of our Redeemer. We have everything to gain in the conflict with our mighty foe and be there not for a moment yield to his temptations. We know that in our own strength it is not possible for us to succeed, but as Christ humbled himself and took upon himself our, our nature, he is acquainted with our necessities and has himself borne the heaviest temptations that man will have to bear, has conquered the enemy in resisting his suggestions, in order that man may learn how to be conqueror. He was clothed with a body like ours and in every respect suffered what man will suffer and very much more. 
we shall never be called upon to suffer as Christ suffered for the sins not of one but the sins of the whole world were laid upon Christ. He endured humiliation, reproach, suffering and death that we by following his example might inherit all things. Amen. The title of our devotion is A Life Without Sin. And as much as that's the title and we'll be talking about how it is that Christ lived a life without sin, we'll also talk about the lessons we can get from realizing that Christ actually lived a life without sin and what kind of temptations he passed through. We have already seen in our previous devotion the 40 days fast and the temptations of the devil. But much more, we are reading today that we can never be called to suffer the way Christ suffered. Why? Because the sins of the whole world, not just one person's sin, the sins of the whole world were laid upon him. Do you understand what that is? Even people who will not finally make it to the kingdom of God, their sins were laid on him. But the reason why many will not be saved is that they did not believe in him. It's not that their sins were not laid on Christ. Who is the worst sinner you have ever heard of? Hitler? Stalin? Cain, who is it? That person's sin with the weight of his guilt was laid on Jesus. If they will not be saved, it's not because their sin was not laid on Jesus, but because they did not believe. That is the reason. They did not accept the substitute which is Christ Jesus. Why I'm dwelling on this is because I just realized that Christ really suffered a lot. And we will never be called to suffer. But what is the out? What, what then is the lesson we learned from this? We read the following words. Christ suffered on our account beyond our comprehension. Now, understanding this, what should be the lesson? It says, and we should welcome trial and suffering on our own account for Christ's sake. That we may overcome as Christ also overcame and be exalted to the throne of our Redeemer. And that last part is not even what I'm talking about. It's not just that we may overcome. Yes, that's part of it. But just because he suffered, we should be ready to suffer. Even if there was no promise given to us of eternal life. While we know that, of course, if there's no eternal life, we we'll ask ourselves, then what is the point in all of this? Well, love. Love is the point in it. That someone would of his own will, without you begging him, even when you did not believe in him, when you were still in your sins, Christ died for us. That's what we are told. To see that he suffered all this for our sake, that's one. And secondly, we will never even be called to suffer like Christ suffered. What is your suffering? Many of us are living in a life of plenty. What we are suffering, we bring upon ourselves by the way we live our lives many times. And then, if it is not that, it's just a very minor thing when you compare it to that of Christ and many of us will run away at any small temptation we compromise if it is the clamor of the flesh like we read today yes you can never overcome without divine help and that's what we're going to look at how did Christ live a life without him but before we go into that how do we see our temptations do we see it as too great do you understand that Jesus overcame like we read in our devotion he did not have something 
that is different from what we have the same humanity that we have we know that in our own strength it is not possible for us to succeed but as christ humbled himself and took upon himself our nature he's acquainted with our necessities and has himself borne the heaviest temptations that we man will have to bear and then it goes on to say he was clothed very important point he was clothed with a body like ours and in every respect suffered what man will suffer and very much more now that point is important he was not clothed with a body different from ours he was clothed with a body like ours and he resisted and overcame something not just that he resisted and overcame he overcame something far greater than will ever be called to overcome should that not encourage you that when you get these little temptations you should remember that there was a man just like yourself and this is a point that i just wish people can get because the whole world most christians think that jesus had something that we don't have and therefore they excuse themselves like he overcame yeah he's not my standard because he had an advantage no he did not he did not have any advantage over you that's what i mean he had the advantage of access to the father you have the same advantage i have the same advantage he had the advantage of what prayer you have the same advantage i have the same advantage he has knees you also have to go on your knees and pray that is why we should not complain because christ suffered deeply for our sakes the title of our devotion is a life without sin what a dream come true what would it be like to live a life without sin? No lying, no cheating, no evil thoughts, no trifling, jesting, joking. In short, no record of sins against you in the books of heaven. Is this possible? And what does the Bible teach about it? Let's ask ourselves, to what extent did Christ live a life without sin? The Bible tells us in the book of First Peter 2, reading from verse 22. Let me start from verse 21. It says, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed amen that's first peter 2 verse 21 to 24 so to what extent did christ stay away from sin completely no taint of sin in him we are told in the book the faith i live by page 49 paragraph 6 not even by a thought could christ be brought to yield to the power of the te- of temptation christ declared himself the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me Jesus did not allow the enemy to pull him into the mire of unbelief because that's his sin. Unbelief is a sin. Or crowd him into the mire of despondency and despair. Christ's humanity was united with divinity and in his strength, he would bear all the temptations that Satan could bring against him and yet his soul untainted by sin. And this power to overcome, he will give to every son and daughter of Adam who would accept by faith the righteous attributes of his character amen so again to what extent not even by a thought when we say a life without sin 
superficial understanding of sin like the pharisees you know we've studied that if you've not listened to that devotion maybe you need to go and listen to it we are not talking of the super superficiality of understanding what sin is D- january 4 the superficial knowledge not enough that's not what we are referring to here we are referring to a deep understanding how many people see doubting doubting the word of god as a sin not many how many see people see despair and despondency as a sin how about jesting joking not many if you don't have a deep understanding of the word of god you will not even understand to what extent you are to live without sin and christ lived without sin many think it's just about fornication lying killing we're talking of deep things here jesus did not sin even in his thoughts not even in any time did he have any doubt as to whether there was a god sometimes we entertain such thoughts i, I wish there's a god i wish sure? do you know you are sinning when you do that our lord jesus christ never doubted one day no unbelief that is the extent not even a thought could be cherished that was sinful that is the extent and we also can do that now the question really is how did jesus do it when we read the book of hebrews chapter 5 from verse 5 to 9 we hear this it says so also christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest so the subject is christ in verse 6 it says as he also as he said also in another place thou hast made him a priest after the order of order of melchizedek who in the days of his flesh that's talking about jesus now hear this how did jesus overcome you think he had an advantage right let us read this verse 7 who in the days of his flesh when he had offered up what prayers do you pray like jesus did when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared though he were a son yet lent he obedience by the things which he suffered and being made perfect he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey amen how did christ overcome he overcame by a life of prayer not just intermittent non-earnest prayers but prayer with strong crying and tears that's how deep he was in his spiritual life and in his prayer life reading selected messages volume 1 page 252 paragraph 1 to talk more of the fact that he overcame in the same flesh that we did it says the majesty of heaven undertook the course of men and with the same facilities that man may obtain which to the temptations of satan as man must withstand them this was the only way in which fallen man could become a partaker of the divine nature end of quote so the same facilities no difference because god is not giving you a different equipment and telling you to do the same thing jesus did would that not be unfair be ye holy for i am holy be ye perfect as your father in heaven is perfect you must jesus said in john 3 in revelation chapter 3 it was not john who said it jesus was the one who said in revelation 3 in revelation chapter 3 verse 21 he said to him that overcometh will i grant to sit with me on my throne even as i also overcame what is jesus saying you are bringing us to your level he's saying we should overcome as he overcame if he didn't give us the ability and the facilities to do so why then is he telling us to do what he did jesus is pointing to himself look at me i overcame you overcome like i did would that not be unfair for him to say that and yet have an advantage over us 
certainly it will be unfair. But then God is not unfair because Jesus did not have any different facility from that which we have. In the same facilities that man may obtain, he withstood the temptations of Satan. How did he do it? We just saw now in Hebrews 5 verse 7 to show you that he was just human like ourselves. The only difference is that he prayed with strong crying and tears. And he was connected with the divine nature. How? By constant communion, by abiding in the Father. That was how. He came to show us an example of how to get the victory over sin by connecting with the divine. Practically, what does this mean? Desire of Ages, page 362, paragraph 4 tells us, As one with us, a sharer in our needs and weaknesses, he was wholly dependent upon God, and in the secret place of prayer, he sought divine strength that he might go forth braced for duty and trial. In a world of sin, Jesus endured struggles and torture of soul. In communion with God, he could unburden the sorrows that were crushing him. Here he found comfort and joy. Amen. Jesus prayed often. He was 100% dependent on the Father. And he had things that were crushing him, sorrow. He's described as a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. How did he deal with his sorrows? By supplication to, to his father. He was dependent on him and in the secret place of prayer, that was where he got the strength. The Bible often tells us of Jesus' prayer life. We've just read it in Hebrews. With strong crying and tears, he prayed. That's what we're saying. Hebrews 5 and 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up what? Prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. How is your prayer life? Have you been praying with strong crying and tears and making supplications to God? Have you been unburdening your sorrows? I know that many of us do not do that. No wonder we don't overcome like Jesus overcame. It's no wonder. We've not, doing the, we've not done the work. It's hard work to pray. And we're not talking of shouting and making a lot of noise. When you read the book of Matthew 6, Jesus talks about prayer. Prayer does not mean that you go around kabashing, like they say, making noise with things that are gibberish, that don't make any human sense to any human being, like you call it speaking in tongues, or just shouting all over no 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 it's all about the kind of prayer jesus made when you look at his example you don't see him do that but he prays even when his disciples came to meet him because they constantly saw jesus pray they came to meet him and said master teach us to pray did you see him making a whole lot of noise and say come let me teach you and then jesus starts to shout and shout no when he taught them to pray it was very simple our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name and you know the drift you know how he kept on teaching them to mention their needs and pray to their father simple prayers but then how often do you do it that's the question how often do i pray i realize that in my own life if i pray i'm victorious if i don't pray i'm not victorious it's as simple as that i have good days when i pray a lot and when i don't pray my days are bad it's as simple as that. Why? Because prayer connects us to divinity. When we talk about being partakers of the divine nature, it is through prayer that you get divine strength. Look at you here. We read the Desire of Ages, page 362, paragraph 4. He was wholly dependent upon God, and in the secret place of prayer, he sought divine strength that he might go forth to brace for duty and trial. So that's how he got the power of the divinity. Because it's only through divinity that we can overcome the mighty foe. No other way can we do it.
Reading, reading Second Testimonies, page 508, paragraph 1, it says, The majesty of heaven, while engaged in his earthly ministry, prayed much to his father. He was frequently bowed all night in prayer. His spirit was often sorrowful as he felt the powers of the darkness of this world and he left the busy city and the noisy throng to seek a retired place to make his intercessions. The Mount of Olives was the favorite resort of the Son of God for his devotions. Frequently, after the multitude had left him for the retirement of the night, he rested not. Though weary with the labors of the day, in the Gospel of John we read, And every man went unto his own house. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, while the city was hushed in silence, and the disciples had returned to their homes to obtain refreshment and sleep. Jesus slept not. His divine pleadings were ascending to his Father from the Mount of Olives that his disciples might be kept from the evil influences which they would daily encounter in the world and that his own soul might be strengthened and braced for the duties and trials of the coming day. All night, while his followers were sleeping, was their divine teacher praying. The dew and frost of the night fell upon his head, bowed in prayer. His example is left for his followers. End of quote. My brothers and sisters, I can say no wonder. No wonder I fall into sin. No wonder we fall into sin. No wonder our thoughts are not pure. No wonder the devil comes to tempt us to compromise and we fall. He tempts us to doubt and we fall. He tempts us to cherish unbelief and to be in despair and we fall. We do not pray enough because it is prayer that gives us divine strength. And that is the only way we can do it, by looking to Jesus. We just read now that his example is left for his followers. And by the way, as much as I'm, I'm emphasizing the need of prayer, I need to emphasize the subject matter, please. Before our subject matter of prayer, and I will say, oh, pray, pray, pray. And then next thing you are praying for us, I need visa to go to this place. I need this material thing, that material thing. No. We just read Jesus was praying for himself and for his disciples. Not himself in the sense of, I need this, I need that. Jesus, what was Jesus praying for? victory over sin his he was praying that his own soul might be strengthened and braced for the duties and trials of the coming day some of us don't pray for that we know what we are going to do when the trial comes we fall it's as simple as that but lord i have something else to tell you please i need this i need that i need car i'm not married i need to get a wife and have children i need to build my house i need to get visa to go to so and so place i also need to be promoted in my job or i even need a job but you're not asking God for victory over sin. You're not praying, Lord, give me strength for my duties that are coming. Temptations are coming. I don't know what they are and I need you to help me. I cannot see the future. Only you know what kind of temptation I'm going to face today. Brace me up for it. Help me, Lord, that when the temptation comes, I will be victorious. Many do not have that as a subject matter for prayer. Or even if they do, after making that they are lost, after saying that prayer, the prayer gets lost in the desire for earthly things. But then, once again, Jesus' prayer was not just for himself. He prayed for his disciples that they might be kept from the evil influences. You want subject matter for prayer. Oh, there are so many people all around you. If you, are lo- if you are involved in the work of God, which you should be, in salvation of souls, which you should be, if you cannot be involved by preaching, you can be involved by prayer. By praying for those who have been hearing the word of God, that the Spirit of the Lord will help them to accept what they are hearing that the devil will not sweep them over but that the god will keep them jesus had subject matter to pray for a whole night why because he knew peter 
James, John, Andrew, Thomas, Matthew, and all other of his disciples, all the people he had met all through the day. He could mention them by name. He knew what their challenges were, and it's enough to pray for others. If you are praying for yourself, you won't pray for long, of course. It doesn't need to be that long. But when you pray for others, there will be subject matter for prayer, and something happens to you when you lose sight of self. The Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, that when we lose sight of self in praying for others, that our own light will break forth. In the book of Isaiah 58, now Isaiah 58, reading from verse 6 and 7, it says, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? to lose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke, is not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house, when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh. Now the result is verse 8. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here am I. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity, and if thou draw thy soul out to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness shall be as the noonday, and the Lord shall guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul in drought, and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. Amen. What is the result? All these blessings, it says when you are basically in principle concerned about others. When you lose sight of self to help others, that's what Jesus was doing. He lost sight of self and in his prayer, he was praying for others. And of course, he will receive light in doing that. Christ lived a life without sin, but no way could he do that without the power of prayer and dependence on God. Because it's one thing to pray and it's another to yield, to submit. Jesus prayed and submitted. Those were the two things. Submission to the Father's will on a daily basis. Prayer and submission are not the same thing. They are different things. Submission may be just as hard as to pray. First of all, we need to pray. But secondly, we need to yield. Submit yourselves therefore to God. That's what we are told in order to overcome. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Many do not submit. Submission means to know the will of God and then yield yourself to it. And in prayer, it helps you to submit because to get the strength to submit should be the subject matter of prayer. Because the flesh might be clamoring for something that is sinful. You see where Jesus was in Gethsemane? He was praying. He didn't want to go through that experience. That was the flesh there. But he prayed to God to be strengthened because if he leaves himself he cannot go through it he was human he could not he could not go through that but he required divine power god sent an angel to strengthen him and it's not only jesus who has the privilege he that sent his own son is it an angel he cannot send to you is it now a mighty angel that god cannot send to us he can he sent his son to die if you pray and require strength, God will send more than one angel to help you. 
And this is what we have at our beck and calling. But the problem is we don't pray as we should. Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 4 tells us how we can live a life without sin, just like our Lord Jesus. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. How? Looking unto Jesus. That's the way to overcome. We must constantly look to him. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despise the shame so in order to overcome follow christ's step always keep the joy before you what is the joy we're referring to the prize you must know the promises god has given for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of god what was christ's joy he would see the travel of his soul the travel of his soul is you and i delivered from sin that is the joy that was set before him the joy set before us is more than that because for jesus he already had the mansions he already had eternal life he already had the glories of heaven he already is god the eternal father the king of kings and the lord of lords he is that already so the joy that was set before him was not that the only thing that he was looking forward to was to help you and me that is the joy that was set before him but for you and me we have more than that let's be honest as much as i may want to say we also should have the joy set before us the joy is victory over sin but no the joy is more than that the joy is eternal life the joy is my salvation the joy is the salvation of many more than myself the joy is the mansions in heaven the joy is the ability for myself to fly as an angel to move from place to place the joy is to live in a world without sin where all is pleasures forevermore who for the joy that was set before him let us set that joy before us then endure the cross despise the shame and is set down on the right hand of the throne of god now hebrews 12 3 and 4 then says for consider so we need to constantly consider jesus consider him let's not lose sight of him are you about to sin with respect to appetite consider him consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest you be wearied and faint in your minds are you about to compromise consider him are you about to fall because of the sin of lust consider him that endured are you about to fall in unbelief consider him verse 4 then says you have not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin yes i have not i know i have not that means you've not done enough so if you say oh i have not overcome i've not overcome it's not because you cannot it's because you have not done what you're supposed to do you can resist what you've not resisted i can resist but i have not just resisted unto blood our lord jesus prayed and made a supplication with strong crying and tears i don't want to sin i need power from heaven lord give it to me he cried and then how about us we just say a short prayer and we slip off we've not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin that's what paul says striving not striving to get job we have not yet resisted unto blood trying to get wife or husband or striving to get one material thing or the other striving against sin let's be very clear jesus resisted his prayers were striving against sin and that's what our prayers should be striving against sin 
that should be our priority too many things distract us many worldly things and our prayers is striving against this enemy and that enemy that this person that's competing with us or some other thing we need the one material thing or the other striving against him that should be our prayer and our prayer request should be in that direction desire of ages page 130 paragraph 4 says jesus gained the victory through submission and faith in god and by the apostles, he said, by apostle, he says to us, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Then in page 24, paragraph 2, the same book, it says, Therefore, Jesus was in all points tempted like as we are. Hebrews 4, verse 15. He endured every trial to which we are subject, and he exercised in his own behalf no power that is not freely give, freely offered to us. As man, he met temptation and overcame in the strength given him from God. End of quote. So I keep emphasizing that point that he did not have any power that is not at our beck and calling. Second Testimonies page, Second Testimonies page 202 paragraph 2 says, If the Savior of men, with his divine strength, felt the need of prayer how much more should feeble sinful mortals feel the necessity of prayer fervent constant prayer when christ was most fiercely beset with temptation he ate nothing he committed himself to god and through earnest prayer and perfect submission so do you see it two things earnest prayer and perfect submission to the will of his father he came of conqueror those who profess the truth for these last days above every other class of professed Christians should imitate the great exemplar. So let's be clear. End of quote. Let's be clear. What are we to do? Life without sin. Two things. Prayer and submission. Prayer and submission. Prayer and submission. Earnest prayer. We've already talked of the subject matter of that prayer. And then submission. That part of submission. Oh my that's where it becomes really hard but it can be done to resign because many people have prayed and prayed and prayed earnestly fervently some with even strong crying and tears but to submit is a different matter the will of god says do this but especially when it comes to matters like personal desires marriage especially they know this is where god wants them to go to you are not supposed to be involved with this person, but the desire is too strong. And they pray, Lord, direct me. God directs. But eventually, they still do what they want to do. Why? They, it's not because they did not pray. They prayed. And many times, God gives the strength. God shows them his will, not just in marriage, anything. God will always answer. He will show his will. He will give the strength, but we will not take it. Why? Lord, I don't want. Don't give me. You put your hands behind your back. I want to do what I want to do. I can't imagine myself submitting to you and letting go of this thing or that thing that you, uh, I want. And so people do not submit. But if we must get the victory over sin, prayer and submission is the way. I'll read one more quote and we'll conclude. Ministry of Healing, page 426, paragraph 1. Of his own life, the Savior said, I have kept my Father's commandments, John 15, verse 10. The Father had not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. John 8 verse 29 As Jesus was in human nature, so God means his followers to be. In his strength, we are to live the life of purity and nobility which the Savior lived. Amen. Let us pray. 
Dear Lord in heaven, thank you for this message you've given to us. A life without sin and its possibility. Prayer and submission. Dear Father, there's only so much we know you can do for us. It's You've already given us the divine nature through prayer. Submission is our work to do and we pray, Father. Is there something that can be done to help us to learn? I know that it's still our work to submit, but take us through experiences that will teach us why we should submit and will give us greater motivation to submit because many are not motivated to submit because they feel like what they want is better than what the Lord is offering. So there might be many reasons, underlying reasons why we do not submit like we should. Lord, teach us to submit. I know that there are lessons you can teach us that will so etch it in our minds that submission to the Lord is what is best for us. And then some of us are lazy to pray. Lord, help us. Help us to wake up from the sleep that the devil has put us in that we may see the necessity of prayer with strong crying and tears like our Lord Jesus. He's our exemplar. And we know that he was even... If there's someone who didn't need to do this, it was him. But he needed to. Showing us the example and I pray, Lord, help us to see our need in this matter. Help us, dear Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This message was brought to you by the angel with a strong voice a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to God and be ready for His imminent return. For more information and free online resources, please visit www.tawas.org that is www.tawas.org or contact info at tawas.org